Good morning. This is Dina Marie, host of Faith Moments and the voice of the shepherd with a saint moment on Matra Day Radio. During the month of March, we continue our 40-day Lenten journey in the wilderness, and walking with us are our brothers and sisters in Christ who have gone before us, the saints. Jesuit priest Father James Kubicki is back with us this month to provide some insight and inspiration on the lives of the saints. Welcome back, Father James. Great to have you with us during our Lenten journey. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dina Marie. I'm glad to be able to share this wonderful season with you and our listeners. Well, we begin the month of March, actually the very first week of March, looking at a woman, pretty interesting background from St. Catherine Drexel from the United States. I always love hearing about these saints who are right here and called to serve, but she has a pretty interesting background. March 3rd is her feast day. Give us some background on this St. Catherine Drexel. Well, she was born in 1858 and she lived almost 100 years. She died in 1955, was canonized in the year 2000. She came from a very wealthy family, the Drexel family of Philadelphia. And after her father and stepmother died, so her stepmother died first, and then her father died in the year 1885, she inherited millions of dollars, um, the equivalent today of $250 million. And she had a heart for those who were poor because her family, as she was growing up, would allow people three times a week, they would come if they had needs right to their home and find clothing and food and medicine available to them. And so you can see her family uh, didn't just donate money to good causes, but they made their donations a very personal thing. They gave them personally to people. And so in that environment, I think St. Catherine Drexel grew up with an attentiveness to those who were in need and uh, a realization that the possessions she had, the wealth that her family had, was not something that she could hold on to. That um, the gospel tells us not to build bigger barns in which to uh, store away our possessions and uh, things that we accumulate, but that we should be open to the needs of the poor. And so in that environment, her family had uh, traveled from Philadelphia out to Nebraska, South Dakota, and along the way they met Native American people who had just uh, recently been confined to reservations where their, their life was pretty desperate, as well as freed black slaves who were again also struggling to make a, a life for themselves. And her heart was touched by that. And so after her father died, the first mission that she helped found was St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation, where I worked from uh, 2017 until just last year, 2022. And it was um, named after her father, Francis, uh, the first mission that she helped found with uh, part of her inheritance. Wow. I, it's so amazing just to see. We sometimes think the lives of the saints have so many decades or hundreds of years before us, but really St. Catherine Drexel making so much impact here in the United States. What can you tell us about St. Francis Mission? Just a little bit about how her mission has grown and, and your own you know, contribution to that mission. Well, the Jesuits, my order, we were invited by uh, Chief Spotted Tail, 
and uh, then his successor, Chief Two Strike. They had gone, both of them, to Washington, D.C. at one time or another and requested from the president to have a school. They didn't want to send their children away to Carlisle, Pennsylvania, or to other schools. Um, they wanted to have a school right on the reservation so their children would be close to their families, close to home. And so they, um, the government allowed that to happen, and uh, the Jesuits were invited then and began St. Francis Mission as a school to help the native children learn um, English, first of all, because in many cases, the uh, native peoples were asked to sign treaties that they did not understand because they did not know English, they could not read and write, and so they would just put an X on the treaty. And so again, Chief Spotted Tail wanted his people to learn the language so that they would never be cheated by signing something they did not understand. And so St. Francis Mission began as a school and also many parishes around the Rosebud Reservation. Uh, the school was transferred to the tribe in the 1970s, but in my time there, I worked with the five parishes and we had other programs addressing the health needs of the people. We had a dental clinic, we had recovery programs for those dealing with alcoholism or addiction. And so uh, for us, it was very much a matter of uh, the church walking with the people in a very poor county of the United States and uh, being Jesus for them by performing the works of mercy. Mm. I'm talking with Father James Kubicki on this beautiful feast day of St. Catherine Drexel, which we celebrate on the 3rd of March and really seeing her impact. And to have so much influence around her, Father James, in terms of the financial influence of her father, but she Obviously, through her upbringing, through her faith, she wasn't tempted that this is all for me. This is something that I'm going to have for myself. But just this outpouring of generosity. I mean, this is the big aspect of almsgiving, I think, of as we try to really emulate that during the Lenten season. Give us a little sense of just the example of St. Catherine Drexel and just how she lived her life eventually as a religious. That's right. So um, in the 18. 80s, late 1880s, 18 or beginning of the 1890s, she went on a pilgrimage to Rome and she had the opportunity to have a private audience with Pope Leo XIII. Uh, she told Pope Leo about the needs of the native people in the United States and she asked Pope Leo to send missionaries. And you can just imagine Pope Leo looking at her and saying, well, what about you? Why don't you go and serve their needs? And so she entered religious life uh, went through a novitiate with the Mercy Sisters, but then began her own congregation called the Sisters of the Blessed Sacrament. And it was a, a congregation that was founded primarily to serve the needs of Native Americans and African Americans in the United States. So she gave not only of her wealth, but also of herself. And I think for us, the lesson, especially as we look at Lent and almsgiving, we may contribute money that is very needed for different programs um, uh, and charitable organizations. But I think one of the greatest gifts we can give is the gift of ourself. And we can do that by giving the gift of our time. So to ask ourselves, are there people in my life, in my parish, in my city, who are lonely, abandoned, forgotten, and uh, can I give them some of my time 
by calling them, uh, perhaps emailing them, writing a letter to them. It could be within our own family, uh, someone that we have not seen in a while or communicated with. We can follow the Lenten practice of almsgiving by giving the most precious thing we have, which is our time. Yeah, it, it is so important. I hear so many stories that that really is what changes our hearts. When we spend that time with another person, just with a smile, just, we don't even need to say anything. We don't need to teach theology. The theology yeah. comes through our love of God and how we treat That's one right. another. That's Absolutely. right. And you know, Pope St. Paul VI, when he wrote the apostolic exhortation on evangelization, he said, in the modern world today, people don't normally listen to teachers. And if they do listen to teachers, it's because the teachers also live what they say. And so he said, the world listens more to witnesses, to those who witness to the faith, than to those who teach the faith. And so I think that's where, again, the works of mercy or uh, giving our time to others, it, it, it can be just a simple presence where we're with them and they know that we're following the command of Jesus to love one another by the time we spend with them. And it's, it's not so much what we say, but what we do. Yeah. And what a great witness, I think, for St. Catherine Drexel to, to begin this religious community. Again, how many hundreds of sisters have followed in her footsteps and touched so many lives, and they continue to be touched today. And we can just do our part in following as well. Um, now, she named her Order of the Blessed Sacrament. What's the connection of her love of the Blessed Sacrament and the life that she lived? Well, I think, you know, we see the same thing in the life of St. Teresa of Calcutta, uh, Mother Teresa, that it was her love for the Eucharist that led her to live a life of charity. Uh, the two go together. An interesting thing about St. Francis' mission and the Blessed Sacrament is this. The first church burned down around 1917. It was rebuilt and dedicated in the year 1922. St. Catherine Drexel traveled to South Dakota with a monstrance for the occasion. The monstrance remains at St. Francis Mission to this day, but during this time of Eucharistic revival, the Rapid City Diocese asked for it to be allowed to travel around the diocese, spend a week at a time in the different parishes so that the people could engage in Eucharistic adoration using a monstrance that this great saint had given to the diocese through St. Francis Mission. Oh, so beautiful. It just reminds us, again, being in the presence of Jesus, receiving Jesus's true presence in the Holy Eucharist. That's what fuels us to live our lives out and to be of such service. Again, Father James Kubicki with us in the month of March to reflect on the saints and our Lenten journey. Thanks so much, Father James, for spending some time with us to give us another look at St. Catherine Drexel, which I hope people will learn more about and bring her to your prayer intentions and ask her to help you in the ways of prayer, fasting and almsgiving. And with that, Father James, would you help us close with a prayer and your blessing? Definitely. Through the intercession of St. Catherine Drexel, who was a great lover of the Eucharist and had a deep love for the poor, we ask you to bless us, Heavenly Father. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father James. We'll look forward to talking with you in the next few days. Sounds good.